Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I admit the conversation I'm about to get into could be a little bit dicey. I will not be surprised if there are texts and phone calls and emails saying, Tony, stop it. But there's no chance of that happening. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. This has to do with Mark Benioff, who heads up Salesforce. Now, where uh, we, we broadcast from in Indianapolis, Indiana, 40 Monument Circle, if you look out the windows, you will see Salesforce Tower, which used to be the Chase Tower. It's actually the tallest building in the state. Salesforce now has that building. If I have it right, as as Mark Benioff, the head of Salesforce, explains, Salesforce is the largest tech employer in the state. And Salesforce, Mark Benioff, is in the business far too often of, while claiming to be virtuous, threatening those who disagree with him. This is happening far too often. There was a whole conversation in Indiana about something called RIFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. I opposed RIFRA. It bothers the leftists that I opposed RIFRA. RIFRA was about the idea that you are entitled to your uh, religious identity, um, uh, you know, and and, and you're allowed to uh, state clearly uh, that that you have religious beliefs and other people can't impinge upon them. However, as I saw RIFRA, which was signed into law under then Governor Mike Pence, And I think done poorly because it was done quietly. It was done uh, behind closed doors and the photos came out. I just thought it was a poor presentation as well. The idea of RIFRA was to set up the idea that somehow the Constitution wasn't enough to cover us. We needed even more protections. Well, I oppose the very concept. It's why I oppose hate crimes legislation. I'm Jewish. I do not need any other legislation to protect me from crime than the legislation that is on the books because a crime against me is not somehow more of a crime than a crime against a Christian person. It's not. Well, they went after you because you were Jewish. Yes, that happens sometimes. They also come after me because I'm a conservative. It doesn't make it more of a crime. There are people who hate people for the color of their skin. I don't know why they do, but they do. And no matter how much talking we do about it, it doesn't change. It hasn't changed. Some people will always hate other people. Some people will always hate other people. That is always the way it will be. I wish it wasn't. But I don't believe that you make it more of a crime because something happens to a black person than a white person or a gay person than a straight person or a Jewish person than a Christian person, etc. It's just wrong. I will remain opposed to hate crimes legislation in the state of Indiana. I will work aggressively to fight against it. And the people who push for hate crimes legislation are actually pushing bigotry. Oh, they will never agree to such a thing. But that's okay. They would never admit out loud what they may very well admit in silence, in quiet, in the shadows. 
When RIFRA took place, people like Mark Benioff said, we're going we're gonna to leave Indiana. And this is despicable. The Indianapolis Star said, fix this now. And then there was a whole conversation over the years when legislation got passed in Indiana. Uh, well, if you, if you don't feel safe working in Indiana, you can, you, can, you can move and we'll pay for your relocation. RIFRA made you feel unsafe to work in the state of Indiana. Even I thought that was a bridge too far. I wondered at the time whether Mark Benioff of Salesforce offered the same deal to those people who work in San Francisco, who have to step over human feces each and every day to get to work, who have their cars robbed constantly and businesses robbed constantly, who deal with drug-addled uh, homeless people on the constant. Does Mark Benioff ever say, hey, here's $50,000, you can move? Did he ever offer that deal to the people of San Francisco? I bring this up because Mark Benioff was on CNN talking about abortion laws in America and crazy governors. And the state of Indiana, my Indiana, came up. All of the situations that I've had to go through over the last decade, especially, where our our employees will contact me and say something just is not right. You know the story, for example, in Indiana. You know, we're the largest tech employer in Indiana. And I was going to bring up Indiana because, Mark, for people who don't know, in 2015, you threatened to not just relocate employees. In 2015, you threatened to pull all of Salesforce out of Indiana because of a law that would discriminate against LBGTQ uh, people. And, And you won that fight. And they didn't end up enacting that law. Is that something you're considering now in in states restricting abortion or outlawing abortion to not just offer to relocate people, but pull pull Salesforce, pull resources? Uh, We should note that Poppy Harlow doesn't have the story right about the state of Indiana. I'm not surprised that she wasn't given at least some heads up by a staffer. The law did pass and then they engaged a fix, which kind of made the law toothless. So she has the story wrong. But listen to Mark Benioff about uh, getting tough. We actually just said, if you're going to discriminate against our employees, we're not going to be able to set up shop there. And when we said that, 200 other companies the next day, the largest companies in the United States, all said, we agree, we have to support our LGBTQ communities as well. Look, we have to be for equality. We have to be for dignity. We have to be for the equality and dignity of every human being. And if you're not for equality and dignity, then, you know, this is not something that I can work with. And we're going to have to exit your city or your state, just as we have in many places. Now, I think one could take that as a threat against the state of Indiana, because Indiana has abortion regulations, uh, got worked out in a special session, voted on a judge just yesterday Uh, said, uh, hold up there. This might violate the state constitution. There's going to be a fight. And just like we knew, there was going to be a fight. And I'll talk more about that uh, coming up. But I want you to listen to Mark Benioff's words here because I must question his thesis that somehow he is pious. Communities as well. Look, we have to be for equality. We have to be for dignity. We have to be for the equality and dignity of every human being. And if you're not for equality and dignity, then, you know, this is not something that I can work with and we're going to have to exit your 
city or your state, just as we have in many places. So if somebody is pro-life, they're not in favor of equality and dignity? I would like to know if Mark Benioff uh, is saying that to his employees. Mark, is that what you're saying to the people of Salesforce? If you are not pro-choice, you are not for equality and dignity. What if you are pro-choice, but you've got real issues with late-term abortion? When you talk about equality and dignity, Mark Benioff, what actually do you mean? And does equality and dignity include threatening states to do what you want or you're out? Now, I don't argue that you can't leave. You can leave, but you didn't leave. You engaged a threat, which one wonders whether or not that is nothing more than a platitude to certain groups to show how woke you are. Now, I I agree that this is a, a tough one for a politician to get into. The idea of Governor Holcomb or, or, or a member of the General Assembly having this conversation out loud about Mark Benioff, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think this might be just a hit that they take because, after all, they don't want to be the person that causes uh, such a large employer to, to leave the state of Indiana, even though we've got people coming to the state all the time because they recognize the value uh, that we have here, the growth opportunities that we have here, our geographic location, never mind the workforce we've got from Purdue and IU, Ball State, the things that we we are working on growing and building right here in Indiana. We must now ask ourselves, we must ask Mark Benioff, I am asking Mark Benioff, what is it about dignity that comes from threatening somebody and bullying them? Let's share what you said one more time. Communities as well. Look, we have to be for equality. We have to be for dignity. We have to be for the equality and dignity of every human being. And if you're not for equality and dignity, then, you know, this is not something that I can work with. And we're going to have to exit your city or your state, just as we have in many places. I am for equality and dignity, and this is why I'm pro-life. Were you not ready for that conversation, sir? You go on to CNN, threaten the state of Indiana, and make a claim that those Hoosiers who are in the majority, who are pro-life Hoosiers, somehow don't believe in equality or dignity. While you uh, sit on the side of saying abortion when? 12 weeks? 15 weeks? Rape incest life of the mother? What if if the baby is Down syndrome and, oh, you just don't want that hassle in your life? Is that equality and dignity? Are we allowed to ask these questions of you, Mr. Benioff? Because I am. And you can pick the venue. I'll be there for the debate. You have thousands of employees who get no opportunity to speak back to you. I wonder if they wonder what their job opportunities and prospects would be like if they were to tell you what they think of your threats, whether your equality and dignity conversations would actually transfer to them having a job the next hour. Or do they say nothing out of fear while you abuse them, holding power and sway over them as an owner? Daring to say that you alone know what equality and dignity is.
While you favor abortion, the question is when, Mr. Benioff? I haven't had a chance because this all just came out. I haven't had a chance to go through your history. Do you favor abortion up to and including the moment of birth, sir? Do you agree with Governor Ralph Northam, the former governor of Virginia, uh, that infanticide is indeed acceptable? And if you do, if you should, can you tell me how that comports with the concepts of equality and dignity? You threaten the state of Indiana. You threaten the people who work for you. Why? What is the value in this? What's the point of it all? I argue that it could be that you just want to look good to a certain woke set, you're never going to leave the state of Indiana. And that's why elected officials know enough to be like, oh, he just said that. I'm going to look the other way and pretend it didn't happen and we'll all forget about it tomorrow. But what if you do mean this? What if you have tens, hundreds, thousands of employees who go to work every day afraid to say anything they believe for fear they're going to be fired because you decided that comment does not equal dignity and equality but somebody else's comment does let's use an uh, let's use an example can i talk about being pro-life at salesforce yes or no can i talk about evil maga republicans at salesforce yes or no And once you have answers to those questions, maybe we'll find out what you really mean about dignity and inequality. I, for one, have grown exhausted of pretending that we should be people who are threatened in the state of Indiana. Mark Benioff is free to leave, free to go. My faith in this state is so complete that we will gladly have people fill the void. Companies fill the void for what it is that we offer that other places simply cannot. I can accept the fact that we are a state that disagrees about things but still grows in a good direction. That we accept the fact that there are disagreements and we continue to become better and better day in and day out. I reject the premise that we need Mark Benioff more than Mark Benioff needs us. I reject it. It's easy for me to reject it. Radio host sitting in Indianapolis, it's pretty easy for me to reject it. I'm not the person who has to worry about renting out the building. I'm not the person talking about the tax base. These things do become more and more difficult. And this is where the bullying comes into play. And that's what Mark Benioff is doing. Dignity and equality. Threatening to leave the state doesn't seem like you're treating your employees with dignity. And I am not so sure that you would be okay with employees speaking out in a way you disagreed with. Thus, what equality? I work with people who I talk to every day about, you don't have to disagree with me. I mean, you don't have to agree with me. You're allowed to disagree with me. Feel free to disagree with me. There is nothing that says you have to agree with my politics or my point of view. Absolutely not. No one is asking you to. If you do, you do. If you don't, never, never hesitate to say so. Never. 
You don't want to derail the show, but never, ever be afraid. I don't know if Mark Benioff says that. But if Mark Benioff wants to debate dignity and equality, I'm right here. In the, in, in, in the subject of abortion or any other subject, I'd be thrilled. Now, he's going to look at me and say, <laughs> little guy, <laughs> he's not even a billionaire. Maybe. But I certainly have asked the questions that his employees should be asking. And who's your business owners should be asking. And civic leaders should be asking. What is it that shows his dignity and his desire for equality in threatening Indiana? I only hope they ask the question as well. I'm Tony Katz. Yeah, the market's still down 600. Setting a new low for the year. Hitting the bear territory. That is where we're at. Tony Katz. Good to be with you, Tony Katz, today. I have, you know, I, I was saying yesterday, you know, when it rains, it pours. There's so much to get to. I have so much audio to get to. It's ridiculous. Things I did not get to uh, today, uh, including, oh, where where was it? Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, gas prices, according to the U.S. Uh, Oil and uh, Gas Association, uh, they're going to go back up uh, to $5 uh, a gallon come down in recent weeks due to the situation in Europe being a little more stable, but still it's going to be high. It's going to be 15, 20 percent. The other issue, though, is where is gasoline going to go? And, you know, you mentioned earlier the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Those drawdowns, which have been putting a million barrels a day into the system, uh, those will end after the after the midterm elections. And if you pull a million barrels a day out of the this out of the system, what happens to gasoline prices? We're we're seeing analysts saying we may jump back up to five dollars by the end of the year and that's real concerning for a lot of folks uh you know it yeah it is five dollar gallon gas is going to be very concerning for a lot of folks i don't know how the biden administration is going to explain it i assume the putin price hike will be back on i don't know how they're going to explain it i don't want it I'm just telling you what people are saying Find everything at TonyCats.Locals.com. I mean, we're still on social media, on Twitter at Tony Katz. You feel free. You can always comment there. This, this is Tony Katz today. Cartels are winning every every phase of this, right? Because they bring migrants across. They're paid for that. They're in such large numbers. It's a diversion for our border patrol, and it opens the opportunity for more drugs to come through. I will tell you, if you look at these members of Congress here, individually, we probably all have been to the border more than Joe Biden and Kamala Harris combined. So that's Congressman Brad Wenstrup. And he is part of this whole group of Republicans headed out to Pennsylvania to say, hey, this is this is our plan. This is our commitment to America, very much playing on the Newt Gingrich contract with America that won the Republicans. The House of Representatives made Newt Gingrich Speaker of the House during the Clinton years. Tony Katz. 
Tony Katz today. What is going on, my people? Find everything at TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. McCarthy uh, talking big uh, in in all of this. I, I, I'm trying to find some some clips of, of McCarthy for you because I thought I thought it'd be pretty solid and pretty interesting. Um, I think what what matters here is that Republicans have said, "Hey, we're we're we're, we're putting ourselves on the line. This is where we're at. This is who we are. This is what it is. We definitively." are saying we can do uh, for the country. It was interesting. He was, uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy was on Fox earlier today uh, with, uh, with Lawrence, with, with, with Lawrence Jones. Uh, I'm, I'm scheduled to be on with Lawrence uh, Saturday night. So looking forward uh, to that. And, and McCarthy was saying, look, um, we get control of the House a lot of things are going to be different. Well, it's about putting out to the American public. I mean, think about this. We're in Washington, not Washington, D.C. We're in Washington County, Pennsylvania. Why? Because this plan is about all these people sitting around a table talking about the challenges that they have. Can they afford it? Can they fill up their tank of gas? How do they survive with now the Democrats causing inflation? They lost a whole month's salary. Are their communities safe again? You want a community that's protected, where law enforcement is respected, where criminals are prosecuted. You want an education system that's built on the future where kids come first and are taught to dream big. So what we wanted to do, a plan for a new direction. We want to be upfront with the American public. We want an election to have a contrast. If they put their trust in us, this is exactly what we'll do. Hold our feet to the fire. And on the very first day, we're going to repeal 87,000 IRS agents. So they're not going after you. We work for you. You don't work for us. Now, that's an important part to remember, and I believe that kind of message works very, very well. We work for you. You don't work for us, I think, is an important and valuable message. I think it makes sense. Now, here's one of the questions that the Republicans were asked at this event. Three brothers that served in the uh, military. And I put on the uniform of a law enforcement officer. With my brothers and sisters in blue, I know what it's like to face the condemnation and the dangers of going out every single day. And as a black man, I know what it's like to be a black police officer, so I caught it double. My very first call was shots fired. And as I was going towards that call and everybody else was going in the opposite direction, what went through my mind was what's going to happen to my wife if something goes south. But I knew that there were some who didn't care what happened to my wife because they were the same ones who didn't care what happened to me. But I was willing to get hurt to keep others from being hurt. And I still feel that same way today. As a retired law enforcement officer, because God got me through, I've had to arrest United States citizens for having illegally entered into a building and then told to release non-citizens who had illegally entered my country. As a Christian with a constitutional guarantee to freedom of speech, I was invited by the state reps to pray at the state capitol, but cautioned not to mention the name of Jesus. I have administered Narcan and performed CPR on those who fight an uphill battle with opioids, and I've preached and attended the funerals of those who lost that battle. 
I'm at the mercy of politicians who boast on one end that they're taking criminals off the street, though they've never made an arrest, and other politicians who say that we'll be more safe with criminals on the street. And what I would like to know is this from this committee and from the leaders of my country, just what will the commitment to America do to address these concerns? That's Great a question. dang good question. I don't know who that guy is. That guy runs for office. He's getting elected. I wanted to share this part with you. I never knew who he was, but listen to McCarthy's answer. Thank you for your service to our country. Thank you for your service as an officer. Thank you for, thank you for your question. I'm going to turn to the member who's right here, right at home, Guy. Thanks, Leader. I appreciate it. And thanks, Reverend, for the question. He turned to Guy Rechtenthaler, who is a congressman from Pennsylvania. System from a lot of different angles. I prosecuted terrorists in Iraq. I defended sailors, Marines, SEALs in military courtrooms all over the United States and back in Baghdad. And then I became a district judge about a year after I got separated from the Navy. So I've seen this from all angles. And I can tell you that crime is on the rise. If you look at the numbers, it's staggering. You've got murder rates in Philadelphia that were literally the highest rates ever in 2021. And the rates this year, they're on track now to have more homicides in Philadelphia than ever before. That's the path. In Pittsburgh, you have roughly a one in 135 chance of getting killed downtown. Uh, this is a mess. But we gotta look at what got us here. And I can tell you, it's, it's defunding the police. And it's amazing that in 2020, that whole summer, and then in 2021, we were told that we needed to defund the police, that police were the problem. So the Democrats did that. They defunded the police. You look at New York City, they cut a billion dollars, not a million, a billion with a B, a billion dollars from their police budget, crime rate soared. LA cut money, Seattle, Portland, all these municipalities, all these cities cut their police budget, reduced the amount of police on the street, and crime rate went up as the funds went down. So one thing we have to do, and what, what's in the commitment to America, is we want to make sure that we fund police, that we add 200,000 police officers to the streets to make sure that crime is coming down. So that's part of it. Another thing, and I can tell you because I used to set bail in pretrial confinement, we have to seriously look at bringing back cash bail and making sure that prosecutors and woke DAs who refuse uh, to prosecute who refuse to ask for pretrial detention they need to be held accountable now what i like about this answer is he's actually saying this is our plan uh, guy rexenthaler r-e-s-c-h-e-n-t-h-a-l-e-r he's the 14th district of of pennsylvania is a republican he's saying look your to your answer your question these are the things we have to do this is what's in our new commitment to america we agree we have to solve a problem so it's more cops and it's better prosecution now, the, the, the part that's kind of fascinating is that even amongst conservatives, you can get this debate about the, the, the cash bail conversation because the cash bail conversation leads to. So if I have money, I don't have to be in jail. But if I have money, you can set the bail much higher. So you make more money and take more of our money. Right. So there is this, I think, a very legitimate conversation about cash bail in America, and it should happen, but it should not happen at the expense of, of safety and security throughout the country. And yes, you do have to vote out woke DAs and woke prosecutors. You do have to vote out these people who are all Soros-backed. Yes, George Soros is a bad guy. It doesn't make me an anti-Semite to say so. 
you can you can try and have that conversation with me, but 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 me and my rabbi are gonna laugh you right out of the room. Gonna laugh you right out of the room. But I, I what I liked about that exchange is that, and I think this is true for a good number of people, it's indeed the first time in a long while I saw a politician answer the damn question. The question got answered. It wasn't a a, a, a workaround. It, it wasn't a, 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 a try and find a, a, a political way out. You asked a question, and that man, I don't know, again, I don't know who he is. I didn't know he was a pastor. I, I heard that from, from the representative there, uh, a former police officer. My God, you want to vote for that dude? Oh, that dude has got to be speaking at the RNC, or we're all nuts. We're cra- If they don't have an invited that guy to speak at the RNC, they are fakakta crazy. And it was so interesting to hear him hear him say, as a police officer and a black man, I got it double. That's so much of what we talk about. This this abuse that people get. If you're black and conservative, you're not really black. If you're black and you believe in police, you're a traitor. Holy cow. If you want to discuss, the, the like, one of the true differences or, or one of the, the, the true conversations about, there are things that if you are not black, you don't experience. You certainly have been called, may have been called, if you're white, a racist before, right? Uh, very few black people can have that, that experience, it would seem to me. Uh, you, you, you've, I've, I've been called a traitor to Jews because I'm a conservative. I've been called a traitor, screamed at online and in other ways uh, because I'm a conservative Jew. I, I, I could share that one. But on the daily, culturally, you're black and conservative, you're not really black. You're a traitor. You're, you're, you, you can't support uh, the blue because it's, it's all fascism. And you, if you're black and you support the blue, you're not really black. And my gosh. It's one thing to be called a traitor. It's one thing to be called a racist. These are awful, horrible things. It's another thing to be told that you are not real. That it's, a, it's something else to be told that you are not... You, you're you're black. If you lived through the same time frame, maybe you weren't uh, allowed to sit at, at a lunch counter. Maybe you were told to sit in the back of the bus. Maybe this, maybe that, maybe the other. And you saw your life get better. And now, because of your politics, you're no. Those experiences didn't happen to you, dude. That's twisted. That is diseased stuff, which 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 leads to you know that whole conversation from Biden. If you don't know if you're going to vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black. That is continuing uh, that bigotry from beginning to end. That's absolutely what it's doing. Answering the question. Because it's so important. And that's what happened here. That's why I like the answer from from Reskenthaler. I always get his name wrong. I always pronounce it a little bit differently. It's a tough name, but I try my best. It's the first time I, I, in a while where I've heard somebody just directly answer the question. They defunded the police. We got to stop. Now, I will admit that every city that talked about defunding the police didn't defund the police. They defunded it to different levels in different ways. And then some of them said, all right, we got to put the money back. But it should be understood that when the political left, via the squad or others, said defund the police, that wasn't a misspeak. That wasn't a, a code for something else. They meant get rid of cops. They meant it. 
That, sh- that should never, ever be changed. And when you talk about woke prosecutors and we got we to gotta get these people out of office, that's absolutely correct. It's, it was important to hear, it was important for them to say, because it's not something you're running away from. It is something you are tackling head on. We are not afraid of this conversation. As a matter of fact, let us make it the cornerstone of what it is we're talking about. That's what's so good about it. That's what's so good about it. That's why I liked it as much as I did. I'm glad we were able to to to, to get... Uh, that that piece in there because I I I'd for, I had forgotten where th- this whole thing had happened earlier. I'd forgotten where I had it. I'm like I didn't hear this part. I was able to 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 pull it up from from C-SPAN. So glad that we got that together. Much more to get to, guys. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. You know how we were talking the other day about Stacey Abrams and Stacey Abrams in one of the most. Absolutely surreal conversations you will ever witness on on the conversation of abortion. Uh, said uh, there's no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. She she said the words. I, I I've got more to get into on the abortion uh, conversation, but she she said this. There is no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. It is a manufactured sample. There's no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. It was a manufactured sound. She went on from there. I'll get to that later. What's fascinating is that Planned Parenthood, as the reporting goes, literally changed their website to coincide with Stacey Abrams' commentary. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with all of you. Really, really fantastic. Uh, and, and you can find everything, TonyCats.locals.com. Stacey Abrams, gubernatorial candidate, Democrat in Georgia. She ran for uh, Georgia governor in 2016, lost, and of course claimed uh, that she didn't lose and she wouldn't concede and everything was fixed and et cetera, et cetera. The election was stolen, all that jazz, you know, all the things they said Trump did, except she did. But when she did it, she's somehow a hero and they put her in Star Trek, which actually happened. She was, uh, she played a character as the president of earth. That, that's, that's, that's writing. Gene Roddenberry has to be rolling over in his grave. Meanwhile, she makes this statement and Planned Parenthood changes their website. Because she said this, they changed the website without any acknowledgement of modifications to say that under the five to six week mark of pregnancy, quote, a part of the embryo starts to show cardiac activity. It sounds like a heartbeat on an ultrasound, but it's not a fully formed heart. It's the earliest stage of the heart developing. The website used to say, from an archive back in July, a very basic beating heart and circulatory system develop. They changed it. They changed it for their ideological desires. They changed it for their ideological brothers and sisters. You can't be running afoul of Stacey Abrams, so lie to people who come to Planned Parenthood. The National Library of Medicine, as reported by Jack Burl uh, uh, over there at the Washington Examiner, National Library of Medicine under the National Institutes of Health says that at a week five of a pregnancy, your brain's ba- your baby's brain, spinal cord, and heart to be- begin to develop. So, 
Planned Parenthood decided to hell with science. What we need is ideological togetherness. Even if it means lying about what it is that we claim to be the people of science about. They're not the people of science. They're the people of ideology. They changed their website to match Stacey Abrams. And again, I say, man, you, you want to run with this to the election? God bless. I mean, God bless if this is this is where you want to take it. But I, I really do have some more, especially if you missed my conversation with the Attorney General, Todd Rokita, about the law in Indiana and how it's being held up by a, a judge. I, I've got some more commentary on that, so I'll, I'll share that with you uh, coming up in just a bit. And also, uh, I spoke with JMV over there uh, of the fan, a uh, sports guy, about what chance the Colts have going forward and whether or not we're going to see some firings. Find everything at TonyKatz.Locals.com. This is Tony Katz Today.